0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You're blowing the dust off the old books. You're trying to find an ancient treasure. Yes, the antiquarian who has smicha has arrived. But first, you've heard me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in an up to 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder, its officers, and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check NRSPay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now... The Antiquarian. Clear off the dust. The Antiquarian has smicha. Hi, I'm here with Yitzchak Kolakowski, and you might have noticed with our new tagline that the projectionist has smicha has morphed. And, you know, Yitzchak, we were thinking of morphing anyway, right? We've done close to 100 shows, but events, terror, war, has really dictated that we really can't have a program at this point that's just dedicated to the frivolity and silliness of old movies and vintage TV. That's not to say that we condemn people who need a break from the front page horror stories. But still, I, I think without getting preachy, Yitzchok and I thought that we could sort of expand our our show to be about discovering old beautiful things they could be recordings they could be books they could be paintings things that most people perhaps don't really know much about
1: and it could still be the tv and the movies it's just we're, we're expanding we're not we're not limited. yeah
0: and this and again this gives us a chance to actually talk about old recordings which is one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight so we, we, we don't forget our responsibilities, especially tonight, because we're talking about somebody who is one of the greatest of the Musmohim of the last couple hundred years. And that, that's a big statement to say, I know. Uh, but it's been pretty much confirmed by contemporaneous testimony about how great this man was. And the proof really is is the incredible effect that this man's life has had. and And I think that Yitzhak and I were thinking about who we need in our time. Who do we need? Because clearly, we need someone to argue on our behalf. We need someone to argue on the behalf of Israel, on Klael Yisrael, on Eretz Yisrael. Someone who understands our foibles. Someone who realizes that we're not perfect and actually realizes the greatness that's found in every Jew. And the person, I think, of the last couple hundred years who symbolizes that, is the great Reb Levi of Bredechev. And we have found, it was actually Yitzchuk's idea, I'm going to give you credit, that there is a lot of footprints uh, in recordings and stories of Levi Yitzchuk, which, you know, all kudos to Scroll for presenting to Kedusha Slavy in a format that now English reading audiences could get a sense of the greatness of that safer I don't know how well, any translated work does when the themes involved are Kabbalistic or, you know, Mahshava-oriented.
1: When it comes to the Chassidosh Eswarim, I think Kedusha Levi is one of the easiest to translate, at least on a basic level. Mm -hmm. It's very readable, it's very translatable, it, it has qualities that I always enjoyed, you know, for already decades. You know, his appeal certainly is throughout the Jewish world, meaning there are many, many books written about the Barditchever, not only from the Frum world, you know, there's a a, a famous biography of the Barditchever written by a conservative rabbi. Right,
0: right. Samuel Dresner's book, The Tzaddik, which yeah. is a uh, great—it's actually a great book. Ellie Weisel has the book "The
1: Tolls on Fire," and he there he says that the Berdichevich was his hero, and and that was something that when I saw that description, that really that's that's the Berdichevich—he is our hero. He's our superhero, and it, 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 with powers that are much stronger than anything you could read in a in, in a in a comic book, and it's real. It is, it is real to to this day, it fulfills archetypes that that are very strongly needed.
0: Let me just just give our listeners who aren't familiar uh thever was born in seventeen forty and although he probably did not spend that much time with the Shemtov himself, who uh, by that time uh you know that was sort of the waning period of the Baal Shemtov, Baal I think died twenty years later. Zibelshtein died in 1760, but he was one of the Talmidim Hamuvakim of the next generation of the Magad of Mizrich and of course a, a an older uh, compatriot of the Alter Rebbe. Oh, they were Mechutanim also. Yes, the they were. Or... Yes, and they were. He was a younger uh, friend of the great uh, Menachem Nochem of Chernobyl. So you know, this group of of writers, the ones who were the next generation. After the Baal Shem Tov, Kedushas Levi, the Alter Rebbe, the Nei Meli Melach, you know these. It, it is an incredible. What like Gershon Sholm has already indicated that this is a uh, a burst of intellectual energy that is almost uh, unmatched in any period in Jewish history. Uh, the types of original and 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 important ideas. I, I want to just point out. That the Kaddusha Slavy has two sections. There is what is considered sort of the standard homilies on the Parsha, but he also has giant essays which he calls Kedushos, where he where he where he really in, in in a huge form takes on major topics of the Yomim Tovim, and you know he has like seven Kedushas, uh right. which 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 really. Take on, which the Yom Noroim and Purim, especially Pesach, in ways that show the interconnectivity of Hasidic thought uh, and how how well it's tethered in Kabbalistic principles. His image, his persona, as in Hebrew we call it the Mewitz Yosher. With Aramaic say Right, the defender and the the person you want. Who has the incredible amount of love of God and chutzpah towards God to be able to argue the case for the Jewish people and to do it in a way that doesn't put off the judge? Right, he right. does it in a way that models what does it mean, like Moshe Rabbeinu himself, to 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 not allow the destruction or any Jew to be hurt. And and these are the stories that that have come down to us. Uh, you know, we we talk about. That his persona, the fourth generation, or actually third and a half generation of Hasidic rebbes that uh, was in many ways led one at least one of the one of the aspects of it was led by Rabbi Israel of Roshan, or Rabbi Zera of Rishan. Uh, He would spend every Leol yom kippur, meaning yom kippur night after kol nidre and after the tefillas had ended, he would spend it like the Kayan Godol in of days of yore you know, staying up, he would stay up telling over stories of the Berditchever, speaking about the Berditchever, not because, you know, he, he didn't have anything else to do, but he felt that Yom Kippur, a day of Kapar and Slicha, a day that we want uh, Tahara to tell Berditchev stories was crucial. And also the
1: Yom Adin, to bring down, to bring down a, a good a good judgment, to have a good lawyer, to have a
0: good defender. In other words, mentioning him sort of keeps him alive, despite the fact that he had died in 1809. The other, uh, his son, the Sadiger, said that even saying the name Berdichev is sufficient. You don't even need even to say Rabbi Yitzchak by the way, which was not his first Rabbonus. He was uh, he was Rav in other small towns beforehand. And, and in fact, there's a letter in the back of the Sefer Noyem Eli Melech, that deals with the uh, sort of the brouhaha that erupted when uh, the Masnagdim wanted to somehow vilify the Bredichev in the eyes of the government in order to get him thrown out from his position. But he was the Rav Berdichev, despite the fact that it was sometimes a rocky steller for him. And Berdichev becomes, it's a city that is now, even the name itself is equated with loving-kindness and compassion. And just saying that, according to the Sari Geir Rebbe, <laughs> is enough to be in Shamayim. Similarly, the Tzemach Tzedek, who lived also as one of the giants of that next generation of Hasid, and said that after the the Breditschever's work was so important that there is a hechal in Shamayim, there is a, there's some sort of, way, some place in heaven when we beseech God, where if we somehow invoke Levi Yitzchak, and this is, I think, what you were referring to before, Yitzchak, if we, if we, if we, if we just refer to him and refer to him even without his, his, his honorific, and we just say Levi Yitzchak ben Sarasosha, that that, there's a Heichel in Shamayim for the Tefillas to be Niskabel in his that The Tzemach Tzedek says that. I'm ready to accept that hook, line, and sinker. So we're really talking about someone whose footprints and and spirit are are here, and we need to tap into it. We hope this war will be over, and we hope, therefore, this program isn't necessarily a a captive of just a certain time period. But we want to tell you, without it being done in a super scholarly fashion, some aspects of how you can tap into Berdichev and to Leblev Yitzchak even today. So I think it's important to know about his life. You mentioned, of course, Dresner's book. There are uh, books in Hebrew by uh, uh, that were printed about 1957 by a person named Eliach in Hebrew, uh, which is 156 pages, a very easy read. Uh, I sent you a couple of the pages earlier today, which uh, basically gives you uh, a, a nice breakdown of the stories surrounding the Bhitshavers. One of the songs that we at least we know the words, and we know those are the Bhitshavers' words, and that is uh, what's known as the doodly, which you think is really a, a sort of a uh, a play on on words, because it could be that a doodly is sort of like a, a, a like a like a like a little song. I think it's also a
1: musical instrument. I
0: believe. Well again, the reason why it's called doodly, because the word do is do is, is, do, 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 do right do of course is is the word for you right. and it's interesting you know we we at every blessing that we have we we speak to God in what's called nochach nohafenister like we speak about god Baruch baruuchta and then we we call him eloka nulum as if he's not there so there's always this idea of direct talking you and then we say our God, and 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 that's usually the balance that we try to sustain. But the Berditchver song, the doodly, is really you. It's been written up in Hebrew as atah, atta, but do do V'yechbin is do, as is do. Wherever it is, it's do. Anything that happens is you. You are everything. You're with me, and and even when. Things are difficult, and when there is times of pain, this is like a, a, a song of of recognition that God is everywhere in everything, and just that recognition is enough to push you through. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is good, and that you understand everything, but you know that there's God, and this was the this was a song that you can find a, a I don't know if you can find a recording of it, but I think you can find an English version of it, which was very popular around 40 years ago. I don't know if it still is by the Diaspora Yeshiva band. And you can hear a sort of a jazzy version of that song in Hebrew. And I think it, in a way, captures the period when the Diaspora Yeshiva was the in place to be. And that is sort of a song, I think, of simcha that can get you through even difficult times. Yes, I recognize God
1: too. Oh, so fascinating thing. It's not ear. It's not thou, it's not usted, it's
0: you. It's the informal do. Yeah. Right. In other words, in in Yiddish, again, just like many European languages and Russian and other languages, there's two ways to refer to a person. And when you speak to an older person, you speak to a younger person somewhere, or someone you're equal, you say, but you're right. Breditschever is saying do. right? Almost like, uh, as much as I know myself, I can know God. And I know that God is with me.
1: when Brasler also was they, they they had tremendous respect for one another, he said he said "You have to talk to Barni I like he's your best friend yeah uh... you
0: know, it doesn't seem like it's at least you might have to do a little search for who the diaspora Yeshiva Band is and their song on the Dudula. But here's just a little sample of what their sound was like, that 70s sound. here it is. <music>
2: Sadik, katamar Yifrach, frah, ke eres balvanon yiske. Shetulim to hashem, the hashem. Sadik, katamar Yifrach, frah, ke eres balvanon yiske. Shetulim to hashem, the hashem. Say, the shame in the You, of The way hashem. Oh, do you know who will be safer?
0: Anyway, pretty radical, I think, for Jewish music in the 70s, Yitzchak. I mean, that was some electric guitar riff. And there's not that much, it's not as sort of, um, it's a little more open and expressive in Atta, but again, diaspora yeshiva, antiquarian, we give it our stamp of approval. It is definitely an interesting phenomena. And it it is, they are, they were definitely influenced not only by Rav Nachman and by the Breditschever but by Chassidus Pachlal, and they really, I think, were able to turn it into something you know, that I think a lot of our American listeners could really get into. So uh, today was Karlbach's The Earthside. and Karlbach had a tradition that was shared by others of a Breditschever Nigun with no words to it. And let's play a little bit of that here as well.
2: Give this not This ning from the headache of Levi Yitzchak and Tzor And everybody knows, when ever God forbid a person needs help, special help, we sing the Chord of Levi Yitzchak and Tzor Neni, master of the world, the God of Levi Yitzchak and son of Sir Sasha. please answer my prayers. The of Levi Yitzchak and Tzor Did I, did I,
3: did I...
0: Song of the words, essentially, that Rav Yitzhak wrote for a song, and there's the nigun. And whether that's exactly the way Rav Yitzhak sang it or not, I don't know, but I think Shlomo Karabach and his students and others have popularized the Berditchev and Nigun. Uh, we now come, I think, to a song attributed to Rav Yitzchak but a little research, Yitzchak, today showed me that uh, this tune and the way it was at least developed, and the popular recordings throughout the 20th century, starting I guess um, as early as the late early 1920s, according to the University of Pennsylvania's library, on this, and there have been 75 different recordings of this song, which is called the Din of uh, Mitgot. We want to play actually two standard versions. And Yitzchak has discovered what he calls the Hasidic version. But but let's give a little background. Um, as I said before, uh of Berdichev was the ultimate Saneger, the ultimate defender for the Jewish people. And there's no greater day of defense than Rosh Hashanah, perhaps Yom Kippur as well. And there's traditions that you can find in Eliach's book on Levi of of how at various stages, it was either right before the Kaddish, or at as what we call the Hinani, which is even precedes the Kaddish, or during Musaf itself. He stopped, and according to all these three versions, Yitzchok, Rabbi Yitzchok, made his case to God. He made his case to God why he could win for his community and for the whole Jewish people, and. The basic point, I think, of, of all of them was that God has to give us kapara. He has to. He needs to see how we, the Jewish people, despite our flaws, are still bound to Him. How there is no other reality in the world except through the Jewish people acting according to the Torah that He gave. And there, as I said, it's either this. this seems to have been a true point, that he went off script and instead of following the words of the machzer, he put his own heart as a Mele Tziesher. He was very far from being just a hired chazen or a rov that happened to have a good voice, but he actually saw himself, especially on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, there have now become, uh, as as the legend sort of grew, versions of what he said and how he said it and i guess we should start with the one that you told me about which is the the version called the determinant Midgoth, which was written by yoyo engel at least that nusach taken from the stories of the briditchover engel it seems uh, in the in the early part of the 20th century went to volynoya and europe in the ukraine and places where he gathered Information about the stories of the Berdicherer, and he put together this song. So we're going to hear the Jan Pierce version of it. Mm-hmm.
3: With the in your people's peace What are to your people's peace? Where to is As we not a is As we is
0: Okay, so now just let me just translate a little bit, and and it's sort of strange if it was done at Musaf, you know, that he would say good morning. But again, maybe they were davening early. He's introducing himself, of course, to uh, to God. Probably, if it was this was done, he probably said, as we Yitzchok and I mentioned earlier off pod, that he probably didn't just say Levi Yitzchok Ben Sora, He probably said Levi Yitzchok Ben Sora Sosha. The other thing that I think needs to be marked here is that. That you know, Jan Pierce's you know operatic voice sort of is drowning out the idea, which is, yes, I represent the Bene Israel. What what do you want from them? Why have you put so much difficult things upon them? Why have you gazettes them? Why did you why why have you caused them to sort of like accept the blows of life? But but what he says is, but if you look in the Torah, you want you want Ammar, you want speaking. It's Amr el Ben Yisrael. The Torah is always Ben Yisrael. You want to say Daber, It's Ben Yisrael. In the in in Erla in Erlach's version, you can see that he went on. You want to talk about giving a brocha, It's Kosavurchos Ben Yisrael. In other words, there were references that, as 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 strange as perhaps we've become from the biblical ideal, everything in God's Torah is all about Ben Yisrael. Whether it's a brocha, whether it's a command whether it's a, it's all interconnected with us. And I'm not sure if that is really brought out, you know, by by Pierce's rendition. But now he turns to a second stage where he's going to contrast as bad as the B'nai Yisrael might be. And of course, that's why this is sort of a Din teyre, He's going to contrast the the Jewish people and maybe perhaps justify why they have not lived up to things. Because they haven't had their own land, but maybe this, despite that and maybe even because of that, they have fealty to God in ways greater than, than nations that are strong and powerful. And this is where uh, the second part comes in. That was the Persians, <laughs> the Babylonians, and the Edomah, the who or the Romans. In in some of the Hebrew versions, you can see that he actually mentions uh, the Yishmaelim, which would be quite relevant for today. But that is not uh, in this version. <laughs> Yes, the England who says that they have an empire, that they have a roy, they have royalty, and of course, England at this time that this song was really developed into this version. Of course, the British Empire was in you know still very strong, and it's interesting. Yitzhak, like, I don't know if you found it interesting. The Italians say that they have a king. I'm not sure exactly who the king of Italy was at that time but we all know Italy was always uh, like a quite a chaotic type of thing so I'm not sure if that was in the original mindset was the Italians say that they call their king a king <laughs> Okay, he's saying that I will not, uh, basically what he said up to this point was that although all these other Countries have kings, and despite their descriptions of God, obviously England and Italy and Rome think they have God, but they are so enmeshed and so caught up in their temporal kings. But I, Leviats and Reditchiv, say that my king is the king of high, the king of the God, the one who controls everything. And therefore, he says, I will not move from this place. And then he says it in Hebrew and Yiddish, I will not move from here. And I am not going to go away from here until... Yes. So as he says that he isn't going to move, he isn't going to be dissuaded, he is going to announce and proclaim that our Kaddish, which has God's name to be glorified and sanctified, the amazing, powerful name of God, that's the indicator of why we deserve seemingly a a, a psak din latov, because we have never strayed. As from accepting God as king, and we're the only ones who really recognize God as king. I think that's really the point, Yitzchak, right? Yes. Yeah. Again, it's just a magnificent, you can listen to it again. I, I interrupted it just for the people who didn't really, wouldn't understand what it is that was going on, but I think this is really what, uh, what Engel, who wrote the piece and Jan Pierce. Is really capturing here. There is, uh, you can see there's a little bit, if you go onto YouTube, you will be able to find, there's another Jan Pierce documentary where Pierce speaks about how in, this was a recording from 1952. Four years later, Pierce toured the Soviet Union. And this was really at a time, maybe there was some little bit of thawing that was going on with Khrushchev, but it was a time that they let Pierce in And on a tour, he went to a number of cities that still had large Jewish populations, and um, he was able to pack the synagogue. And he said this song was the one that got the strongest reaction from his Russian audience. You know, people who had been for 40 years at this point had been crushed under the boot heel of of communism, Mm -hmm. who hadn't been able to practice their religion openly in any way whatsoever were able to hear the the uh, about uh, the greatness of the Jewish people no matter what their condition is and they were still able to say yiskadav iskadash so this was um uh, something that meant a lot to him anybody who hears this has to be impressed with the the real emotion and feeling i heard his Nesa Dorma, which uh is also available on youtube and it doesn't have anything like this type of 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 passion and inhabiting the song, here is the anomaly now that comes up from the 1930s on. This song, in translation, was part of the repertoire of one of the most important American singers. Someone who had a very interesting life. Uh, someone who ended his life in the Soviet Union. Uh, he was a he was one of the real first great black singers of the 20th century. Uh, someone who was almost a crossover talent, uh, Paul Robeson. And, uh, you know, Paul Robeson, his affiliation with Jews was very strong. Now, he was a showman, and he he built up his affiliation to any audience. And, and he had an idea of of the great African tradition of, of singing, which he felt might have been like the cradle of all sorts of chanting and singing. But I think he really meant it when he said that this song uh, meant something to him. He felt that somehow, and he tried to trace it with sort of pseudo-historicism, how you know, there, it might have crept in this sort of fashion of singing to Levy Yitzhak Berditch of himself in the 18th century. But as I said, I don't know if this was exactly the the pattern that, that the original uh, Levy Yitzhak used, but he was definitely caught up in this. And he made this, as I said, part of his repertoire throughout his life. There is a recording from 1958 from Carnegie Hall of Robeson's edition of what he called the Hasidic chant. So let's take a listen to that.
4: A good day to thee, Lord God Almighty, I, Levi Isaac, son of Sarah, from Berdichev. Here am I before thee, With a grave and earnest plea for this, my people. What hast thou done to this thy people? Why hast thou so oppressed this thy people? Ever sorrow surely the sons of the oppressed, whoever suffers ever the sons of the oppressed, whatever be tied, then inspired against the sons of the oppressed.
0: Right again, now of course this is really it's a sort of a <laughs> this is not what what Pierce was singing. He wasn't talking about the sons of the oppressed. He was talking about B'nai Yisroel, right? Which yeah. Robeson has changed to the oppressive. I like the fact that he says good day and not good morning. But as you pointed out to me off pod, Robeson, because of his seeing this song, and it's of course incredible today in the middle of the Gaza war, where, where Israel is considered you know, the oppressor. In, in Robeson's time, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, the Jews were... The oppressed minority who bonded together with the blacks, who were trying to get their country, trying to get rights. They say he
1: was somewhat fluent in Yiddish. He would help a lot of Jewish immigrants,
0: and 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 Jews and Jews helped him. Jews, many of his uh, again of his performances in 1930s uh, was bankrolled by Jewish Jewish agencies and Jewish uh, events, and but again, I think here he is really in a way trying to universalize what obviously the original intent is and he as as, as he stresses the oppressed even in terms of the way he translates the idea of eingesetzt which is you know you know is really yeah pushed by god but not necessarily oppressed to the way he's making it i think he really he he took that term and he keeps on talking about the sons of the oppressed which again as you say is is really furthering his own communist type of uh, mentality. Here we go.
4: God on high, on this earth, how many nations, the Romans, the Persians, the Babylonians, the Germans, what boast they are, rulers of all rulers. Romans, what those today? Our kingdom is above all kingdoms. But I, Levi, Isaac, son of Sarah, from Berditch have declared Isgadol De Isgadosh Shemir son of Sarah, from Berdichev, declared, "From my place, I will not move. I will not move from my place, and an end let there be to all this sorrow and suffering."
0: Here we have a, a, this is the baritone, <laughs> and he is a magnificent. He is a magnificent, powerful, powerful singer. But again, really, you know, Yitzhak, you do not have the melech kisei say rambani, so you don't have this idea that we extol a God that's beyond. It's really a knock on the powers that be. Germany, I think, gets mentioned there. England, interestingly, not mentioned. Again, if you would really know what's going on in Russia, the communists would clearly not be in favor, right? The ones that he was in, in league with. So basically what he's—and and really, in, in Pierce's version, it isn't an end to suffering. It's just that I'm not going to move here until you give Kapara to Klaal to Yisrael. Right. I'm not going to move her until you forgive them and you recognize what they are— not necessarily, yes, yes, the suffering will end, but there's not, it's not a plea for a messianic difference world. It's about recognizing what our role is and how significant the role we play. What Robeson is talking about is an end to suffering. And he, again, he doesn't tie it into the kingdom of, of God. And I think it, it could definitely be interpreted really as a movement among people to work together blacks and whites and jews and and non-jews to put an end to human suffering which of course is something noble but i i don't believe that pereditchever was after that
1: you know it was i guess around the same time that the Satmarov was writing i don't think he had, he was aware of recordings like this but it, when he was writing the belomotion was was in the late 50s and he and he said, you know, a lot of people paint the Berditchever, you know, to be this this big liberal, this this hippie, and he said even though the term hippie wasn't around yet. He pointed out and he could find quotes throughout the Kushislavy of different canoes of, of of you know zealotry in that the that the, the, the was he, he was a frumer person. He wasn't the, he wasn't the total He
0: wasn't a secular humanist and definitely nothing yeah. like a communist.
1: I, I, I love I love this recording nonetheless. I'm not I'm not really uh criticizing the recording and these are both beautiful, beautiful recordings that are really quite
0: touching. You pointed out to me uh a little while ago that there is a Hasidic version of this recording, which really has a different tone. It's 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 it's, it's quicker. It's not so much a Rosh Hashanah plea as the books of judgment are opened, but rather it's like a Yom Kippur plea for Yom the Averos, for, yeah, for the uh, for the sins of Claudistro uh, to be gone.
1: And the request the request is to make it's not a dentura, but rather it's to make a trade. It's to make a, a Khalifa and it's the Machna Bite to make an exchange.
0: So here we have um a version of it that was produced by Suki and Ding. Uh, we're not sure exactly who are who is the singer but Yitzchak feels that you know as if if part of being the antiquarian is coming up with something uh, the the authenticity this might be a more authentic sense I'm not, of,
1: I'm not sure if it's more authentic but it's certainly more what the misery that, that what I am familiar with and this is the way that I usually if I if I'm singing this this is the version that I use
0: okay so let's so so let's hear it
5: I will be able to with you.
0: Again, you know, you talk, We talked about the informality of the doodle. I mean, this is very informal, right? He yeah, says, but... "I want to make a deal with you. You know what it is? Like, like it's almost like you know, it's almost like a, you know, a Jew handling in the market. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. You want to know what it is? I'm about to tell you what the deal is. <laughs> Okay, he's so the deal is, I'm going to give you Averis, right? Now, you have to understand what this means. I'm going to give God Averis. Of course, we perform those. So really, right. the idea of of, of the B'ditchever saying, I'm giving to God my Averis, which means I understand that everything is God and that right. what I did was not me, that I'm giving the Averis to you because that really isn't who I was, even though I was bound up and tied into that. And when I was doing it, I was not cognizant of you. And I thought that was me and I was enjoying it. I give that back to you. And I say that really there's something greater inside of me, which is 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 separate from those Averis. So I give them to you as much as they represented my individuality and my distance from you my sense of glorying in a separate self. I give that back. I think that's the only way I can understand what it means. But anyway, here we go. Right. You know, maybe you're gonna ask, like like what are you giving me back? Right? In other words, you're taking right in other words, what is it that I want for them? I'm giving you these averas, I'm giving you this selflessness. I'm I'm willing to really to do tshuva on this very high level,
1: on the simplest level, you know, without you know, just just translating it, it's, it's like it's like I have this that I want to trade for that. Yeah, if that's I, right.
0: If you're going to say what is it that I want for them, I'll tell you, zugich I'll tell you.
1: of the chutzpah of it is that it's saying, "All right, you think that's a fair trade? I'm asking, I'm giving you my sins, and I, and and in return, I'm asking for forgiveness. So is that really a fair trade? And you would assume, well, no, you have to give something more than just your sins to get forgiveness. You have to give something else. So is it a fair trade? But then the answer is no." I want
0: more for this. <laughs> That's right. In other words, don't think that this is it. Don't think glayach Gleich that we'll just make a deal. I'll I'll give you my averis and you give me slicha. I want more than just forgiveness and not and a lack of punishment for those averis. I want something more than that. Because of this incredible act the way I'm explaining it, maybe it, it can explain it can give you some understanding of how the chazan or the bedichever should actually want more. And he says, No, I'll tell you what I want besides that. Over and above that, I want. Okay, so basically, this is a standard phrase in in Chazal, this is what what we daven for. So, obviously, God knows what it means. So, sort of like, you know, if you're going to ask me, God, what I mean when I want children and life and parnassus now it becomes a selfless request from god
1: right and a, and a religious one and show, showing you know that that these are devotional these are these are not selfish you know just for our own, our own sake these are actually right. it's it's, uh, it's not
0: that just which is in other words not a christian sense of okay i believe in you i accept you so give me life and therefore i get forgiveness when even when I'm asking for these fundamentals, which are Bonai Chayumizoinai, I'm going to declare what that means. Bonai doesn't just mean the, the nachas of having children and grandchildren, but as he says, <laughs>
5: Must free. What do you want to do with us,
3: Shemet
5: Leuky?
0: This part is the part that's similar, very similar to the to the other two versions, right? Where uh, they contrast to the other nations.
3: For
5: the i you. be
0: Okay. So, Yitzchok, I think this is not as uh, powerful in terms of the recording, in terms of the power of the singer, but clearly a little bit of a different message. You know what bothered me about it, though, Yitzchok? Why does it, what is this oyve tate? This oyve tate business. I don't know. Oh, that's that's just the,
1: that's just the masara of how, that's how I. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the way you understood that it was oyve tate, oyve. Maybe the pain of having to go through this is still painful. Although, again, it seems to be something that is should should indicate elation. Yeah,
1: and, I, and I remember, you know, it being twice as long because every stanza was repeated. So this is a little bit of a shorter recording. And there, and again, there's I've heard different another stanza to it is that it goes through Tzavis Bnei Yisrael, Davro Bnei Yisrael. Right,
0: which is what, that that's really what you heard in in Pierce. Right. right. Bnei Yisrael means Bnei Yisrael, right? Right, the Torah can only be connected. Yitzhak, when you heard this, did you hear this as something that was being sung? Um but during Yom Neroyim or before like Yom Neroyim or not necessarily connected to Yom Neroyim at all? Any time, any. Yeah, anytime. Did you see a similar? Did you feel it was the same tune that uh, Engel's composition that we heard from Jan Pierce and Robson, or was it? No, it's uh, more like more like the one we just listened to now, right? So, so it's interesting. Exactly, you know, where you know m- there might have been this this diversion in terms of of the messiah. Of
1: the is that is that you know this one says been and the other? Just said I remember a friend of mine. He noted that Boober he he always just wrote Levi Yitzchok sara He didn't have Sura Sasha somehow his in his Nusr. But the, also this version didn't say Meberdichov. Where usually I heard is Levi Yitzhak Bensara Sasha Meberdichov. So this isn't exactly the version. I think in Chabad also they have this you know the Chabad they're very strict about which nigunim they sing. They have a certain version of it. In, in their uh, canon of nigunim.
0: Well, again, so I think you know, as we wrap up things, I think that there are the hashpah of, of of the great tzaddik should definitely still continue and enlighten us. Uh, we are, as we said, recording in a time that you know I shudder even to look at the the news that comes over the wire in terms of what what next person has 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 died. Uh, in the battle against this evil, and Darmoning the Praditva is definitely a source for us. Again, not just for me and Yitzchok, but I think for all of us. If again, for those that are interested, consult not only you know your library, Google. He is a person that we we give more than just thumbs up to. We give our our hands and toes and everything towards him as 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 an ideal. Of a person of coming together, you know. I, I think we can end maybe on this note. One thing that you see in the Kedusha Slevi and Parshas Bo, and that was said over about the Brdechiver, was his fascination with Tefillin, and especially the Tefillin of God. The Gemara says in Brachos that God wears Tefillin as well, and that in God's Tefillin there's Parshios. There are words there, there are phrases there, are, and and one of the phrases that is in God's Tefillin is the phrase, Mika Amcha Yisrael go'y echad b'aretz. And the predichevar was said to have, when he would pray to God, when he would demand almost God's loving kindness, he would say, God, I can passel your tefillin because if you don't allow tshuva to happen, then we are not go'y echad. We're only go'y echad if we can remove the Averis from us if we could recognize the achva that surrounds us with everyone, then God's tefillin, God wears His tefillin. He he would say also that when he would see even uh, the most simple person drop his tefillin and carelessly sometimes, how that person would lift the tefillin up, even if they had dropped in the mud or in the dust, and wipe them off, and he would say, "God, we're the we're your tefillin, we're in there." And now we are in the mud. You have to pick us up, pick us out of that pain and suffering That uh, and, and bring Mashiach that your tefillin will be echot, that the words in the tefillin will be 100% true, not just in potential. He would constantly, and this is really, I think, something that Yitzhak we, we can both take to heart. The Breditschever would preach against Lashon Hara and right. would say that, if we engage in Lashonar, which was so rampant, then we are disconnecting our people. We need at this point to have the Abbas Israel that the Bredichever had to be Goyechod for the Rabbanishom to really reveal himself to in a way where his the Tfilin, the Marialma are, are, are shining and true.
1: I don't want to take
0: away from your.
1: Climax there, I would I've rather complimented, there's just two things that came to mind. One is in the in the Kedusha slaving Hazinu Hazino, that the Praditchivarina uh, explained that the when it says Rishon Hula Khajunavinist, it means that because Chuvami Ahavas during us like his so therefore that we during Rashaniam Kippur, it's it's Chuvamira, we don't want to count the Averis, but once once we're doing tshuva a. we want to count them so we can turn them around and make mitzvahs, you know, like the story that he saw, there was one yid who was known as a, a big sinner, and he said, I'm so jealous of you that after, you know, you're going to do tshuva, all those, all the mitzvahs you get, and he said, don't worry, but next year, you'll have what more to be jealous than me for. But there's another story, I think, that really was, even though it's not really directly connected to this, but it's connected totally to all of these things that the Bredishever one time he said, I need everyone in town to come to this Medrash everyone had to be there and all he did, he got up, he had his talus over his head and he said remember there's a burnish Shalom of the and that's the Dua B'Shefrof of the belt that, that God exists, that was the whole drasha, that was all that he had to express and, the, and again he was talking to People who are all Shemi mitzvahs who you know they all what the mikva every day and put on Rabbeinu Tammsville and, but we need to remind that the doshe of that 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 God exists
0: right and that and that again I think takes us back to ata Atah, which is really the the prodig song it's 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 ata, wherever all right, so hopefully we'll be back soon., I think we could say that we have indeed authenticated it. Take care everybody. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom.